The Pageant of England, 1135 to 1216. The Conquering Family, by Thomas B. Costain. Copyright 1949 and 1962 by Thomas B. Costain. This book is read by David Case. Chapter 1. Where the Planta Genesta Grows. The Angevin country begins between Normandy and Brittany and continues down through Maine and Anjou. In the Middle Ages, this fair and romantic land was dotted with towns and castles of great interest and importance. Here were the castles of Chinon, stretching like a walled city along a high ridge. Here was Angers, with its many-towered and impregnable castle. Here also the famed Abbey of Fontevrault, where many great figures of English history are buried. Here in the spring and early summer the hedges and fields were yellow, with a species of gorse, it still grows in profusion, called the Planta Genesta. It was in an early year of the twelfth century that a handsome young man named Geoffrey, son of the Count of Anjou, fell into the habit of wearing a sprig of the yellow bloom in his helmet. This may be called the first stage in the history of the conquering family who came to govern England, and who are called the Plantagenets. The Angevin country had been ruled through the Dark Ages by a turbulent, ambitious, violent and brave family, Strange stories are told about these ancestors of the English kings. The men were warriors who held the belief that forgiveness could be bought for all their wicked deeds, with the result that they were active crusaders, one of them becoming king of Jerusalem. And they donated many beautiful chapels and shrines to the church. Some of the women were quite as violent as their husbands, but all of them seemed to have been beautiful. There was, for example, the forest maiden, Melusine, who married Raymond de Lusignan, the head of one of the great Angevin families, after getting his promise that he would never see her on Saturdays. It was a happy marriage until the husband's curiosity led him to hide himself in her boudoir. He found then, to his horror, that from the waist down she had taken on the form of a blue and white serpent. The wife died as a result of this revelation, but her spirit continued to haunt the Lusignan castle, causing much fear by the sound of her swishing tail. There was another called the Witch Countess, who was forced to go to Mass by four of her husband's knights, and who vanished into thin air at the consecration, leaving them all holding corners of her outer robe, from which came a strong odour of brimstone. Finally there was Bertrade, the supremely beautiful but disdainfully wicked Countess, who ran away to live with the French king in what was called, even in those dissolute days, a life of sin. The Counts of Anjou and their lovely but wicked wives gained such an unsavoury reputation over the centuries that the people of England were appalled when they found that one of them was to become King of England. This was young Henry, the grandson of England's Henry I and of the Count of Anjou, and there was much angry muttering and shaking of heads. But the half of young Henry which was English predominated over the half which was Angevin. He proved a strong and able king, and although some who followed him displayed more of the wild and picturesque half of their blood inheritance, the days of their rule in England were fruitful and spectacular. The men were kingly, and their women were lovely. They created an empire, and they fought long and terrible wars, and enriched the island with the booty they brought back. The English people were so proud of them that they after forgave their wickednesses and their picadillos. 2. 
It was low country, much of it lying in the valley of the imposing Loire, and the land was fertile. It followed that the natives devoted themselves largely to agriculture. They raised crops of wheat and rye and oats, and on all the little streams running in all directions, the stones of the millers ground out fine flour. The fields where the Plantagenesta grew were good for pasture, and the cattle which browsed there were fat, and the horses had good bones and glossy coats. The knights of France depended much on the Angevin fields for the charges they rode into battle. Some vineyards covered the hillsides, and excellent light wines were produced. While the nobility wrangled and fought, and led forays into each other's territory, and committed all manner of barbarities, the stolid peasants went on ploughing their land and tending their stock, and paid as little attention as possible to the menacing activities of the gentry.